everybody, Jim Minnery. Thanks so much for tuning in to I'm Glad You Said That. We're on KVNT and KATB. I think we might be very close to being on KJNP up in uh, in Fairbanks. Stand by and, and we'll let you know. But um, certainly you can tune in as well on all of the places you get your podcasts. Um, and we just want to thank again our sponsors, John and Sandy Powers. They are very engaged in the community. They're from Anchorage. I think uh, Sandy has some uh, uh, a few businesses in the valley, but anyway, they're just a, um, a blessing to us because we can have. Uh, I'm glad you said that broadcast throughout the state, uh, at least podcasted throughout the state. Um, hey, we're going to have Jubilee Under- Underwood on the show today. She's the latest of. Uh, Two Matsu board members, and just very involved mom, uh, not involved politically at all, uh, or public speaking wise. But after COVID, she got uh, truly impacted herself as a, with a son who's an athlete, um, required to wear a mask. And uh, anyway, so she got up to speak in front of uh, the school board and was nervous, but got through it. And eventually realized through some encouragement from others that it was time for her to step forward. And so that's what she did. And she's now a school board member uh, in the Matsu Valley. And as you know, they recently uh, were the first school board in the state to pass a policy uh, regarding uh, protecting girls uh, from having to compete against biological males in athletics. And that was a wonderful thing to see. Because we had, uh, you know, a little bit of a discouraging ending to our session. That was our number one priority in terms of the bill that Senator Shelley Hughes introduced uh, that was held up in Senator Roger Holland's uh, education committee for way too long. And in my opinion, Um, it could have advanced a lot quicker. And, uh, you know, there was just a lot of uh, folks, I think, um, that... uh, that, that caused that to eventually stall out and, and, and not get to Governor Dunleavy's desk. Certainly he would have been very uh, supportive of signing it and will continue to move forward. But at the same time, uh, it was frustrating because we had the majority in, in the Senate and we knew that we didn't um, have committee membership and uh, majority uh, hold of the House. But we even had... Uh, I believe the numbers and that could have been introduced um, even without committee hearings. There's a procedure that can have been could have brought that bill to the floor after uh, it would have passed the Senate. And so anyway, uh, that was frustrating. Uh, a lot of things going on in the legislature nowadays are frustrating, which is why I believe we need to have a constitutional convention. More on that in a little bit. But uh, anyway, it was very encouraging to see what the Matsu Valley did, and, and we're very grateful to be able to be chatting with uh, Jubilee Underwood. Uh, hopefully, that will inspire some people to get for uh, to step forward and, and uh, take a stand and get more engaged because we have to have that, especially in the school settings, because you know there's so much um, aggressiveness being pushed on to kids in the CRT, LGBTQIA arena, the alphabet soup 
of indoctrination and you know the the fact of the matter, including also uh, Planned Parenthood having an uh, almost unfettered access. You know, as many of you know, we worked with Senator Dunleavy uh, when he was senator, Senator Mike Dunleavy, um, to pass legislation that required schools to go through their local school boards in terms of any curricula that was presented on uh, abortion or other controversial issues, especially by Planned Parenthood and abortion providers, that those curriculum would have to be presented and approved by the school board. But of course, uh, there's a lot of teachers uh, and administrators and principals and counselors that are not willing to do that because they think it's so uh, important for them to advance the abortion agenda in high school. And so um, there's so many reasons to be engaged and involved. Um, but uh, just quickly, again, on the um, Constitutional Convention, there's a lot of things going on, but we want to just continue to remind you that we are advocating for very strongly um, without a lot of money, so we don't have the hugest mouthpiece, but we're counting on folks like you who tune in to be able to um, tell other people why it's so important that we have a Constitutional Convention. We haven't, we produced a video. And we showed it at our events in Anchorage recently with our keynote speaker, Dennis Prager. By the way, thank you for everyone that was involved. If you didn't have an opportunity to see that, uh, you should send us an email. We're going to make it available on, on somewhat of a limited level. But if you send an email to, um, to info at akfamily.org, uh, sorry, send an email to info at akfamily.org, and we will um, get you a video and a password uh, uploaded that you can um, that you can watch. It was a wonderful evening with Dennis Prager and his wife Susan, and uh, we're so grateful for that successful evening. Um, but anyway, that that's where we introduced our first video uh, that we produced regarding our uh, our efforts to advance a yes vote on the Constitutional Convention question that Alaskans will be voting on in the November 3rd general election. So um, we're proud of it. We think it was a, a wonderful job, a, a collaborative effort by a number of different folks. And uh, I think it makes a strong case for it. Um, and there are folks that are, you know, kind of coming to, um, you know, uh, a little bit late to the show, as it were. But at the same time, we still have um, many months, several months before the November election. So hopefully we can get that message out. Um, but of course, as I mentioned before, our primary reason that we've um, advocated for it is um, because of what the Alaska Democrat Party has clearly laid out in their platform, which is they are opposed to a constitutional convention for three reasons. And that's because they oppose school choice, because they don't want the governor to have more power um, to influence um, who gets appointed to the court. I would say it's probably more about they don't want the general public to have as much influence as the Bar Association. That's the primary reason why they're opposed to um, not keeping the current system, which is completely aligned and um, uh, and biased toward the, the very liberal Bar Association. And then the third thing that the Alaska Democrat Party opposes a constitutional convention for is because they don't believe that uh, the human life should be defended. Uh, and so th for those three reasons, uh, we are for a constitutional convention, and uh, we just want to make sure 
um, that you can get information. So send us an email at jim at akfamily.org or info at akfamily.org and we'll get you a copy of that video. We'll also be making it available at some point. We haven't, we, we thought we'd been able to do that a while ago, but, um, you know, we're hopefully going to be able to start a website and, and get that going virally across social media platforms. So, Anyway, a lot of other things to discuss, but we are out of time for this first segment. So again, we're very grateful to have Jubilee Underwood on our show today. She is the one of the latest members of the Matsu School Board, uh, and she's just a regular mom that's a realtor out in the valley and realized that it was time for her to step up. And we need more people like Jubilee Underwood um, to uh, to represent those of us who truly um, care about our kids and, and, and their well-being and uh, have had enough in terms of uh, this the public schools, school boards, administrators, counselors, teachers, um, indoctrinating. we got to stop it. And people like uh, her can really help. So we'll stick around. We'll be right back here on I'm Glad You Said That. with I'm glad you said that really pleased to have Jubilee Underwood on the show today Jubilee is a member of the Matsu school board and a lot of good things are happening out there Jubilee thanks so much for uh, sharing some information and your opinions and um, giving us some good news across the state here in Alaska thanks for being on the show yeah thanks for having me today so, for those, before we dive into some of the, the issues that are, are, are present now um, with what's gone on, uh, you know, we're obviously in the summertime, but some good things are happening uh, in the Matsu area. Tell us first a little bit about who Jubilee Underwood is, what kind of brought to a place, brought you to a place where you felt like you needed to put your hat in the ring regarding, you know, the school board uh, out in the Matsu Valley. Yeah, so um, it's actually something that I never had seen myself doing in a million years. Um, I am a mom, first and foremost, a wife, and just a local real estate agent, but I was born and raised out here. I love my community, and I do like to get involved anytime that I can get involved, but I just never saw this ever being an avenue that I would step into. And how it all kind of started was my um, son is varsity sports player, so we live and breathe basketball, football, all the things, but mainly basketball. We're on bleachers most of the time. And so when COVID first started and they came out with having the kids having to wear masks while playing sports, I found myself all of a sudden for my school board meeting for the first time ever (laughs) speaking out and just giving my opinion, um, just trying to be an advocate because none of the athletes wanted to wear them. Like you know, 99% of them didn't. And we're very familiar with most of the athletes in basketball across the state. Cause that's our life. And so that is where I constantly felt myself being drawn to is this is something that's actually touching my home. So what can I do yeah. instead of, you know, instead of being like a keyboard warrior on Facebook, I just was like, I got to do something. So that's kind of what started the journey towards getting there. And you're, are you the latest member on the Matsu School Board? Yeah, there were two of us that had elections this year, two seats that were open. So one was an incumbent. He he came on, uh, he got reelected, and then I was the new member. 
that replaced um, Sarah Walton, who'd been on for years and years, maybe, I don't even, don't quote me, 15, maybe, I'm not sure. It was a long time that she was on the school board. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a long time for anyone to be in any position. I'm kind of a fan of uh, term limits on many different levels because it's meant to be a citizen um, you know, citizen participation in all of these public policy positions and people end up getting, you know, engaged as a career and yeah. you know, not to put anyone down because there's, there's some good allies that have been doing it for a long time. But at the same time, uh, we need to have fresh perspectives and um, it's wonderful that you put your hat in the ring. How was the campaign? Um, was it something that was a, a serious challenge being a newcomer and how did you galvanize uh, support across the community? You know, my um, assemblyman in my area actually helped um, link me up with his social media guy. He had just won, and um, he was actually one of the people that encouraged me to run. You know, there was nobody running. It was just an open seat. He had seen that I had went to a couple school board meetings, that I had went to a Palmer City Council meeting to talk about masks, and so he had called and kind of gave me a nudge, like, why don't you run? He's like, I just did it, and here's some resources. This is what I use. So it was actually um, not super difficult. I actually had a very enjoyable experience running. Um, like I said, it was something brand new. It was definitely challenging and out of my box, and so <laughs> that part was fun. But just meeting a whole new groups of people that I just would never have been having the opportunity to in my community otherwise, that was fun. And then I ended up having an opponent um, kind of last minute, so – yeah, we did that. We had to had campaign online, social media, um, mailers, all the things, just stuff I had never ever experienced before. So, but it was enjoyable. I actually really liked it. <laughs> well, it's amazing because you know I was just listening the other day. I can't remember if it was a national show or not. It was a talk show, but the, the guy was basically saying, especially in today's world. Um, that the um that all politics is local and the most local uh position really is a school board um member and there's so much being done in the schools that you know just a few short years ago we would have been just shocked to see some of these things not just the the covid shutdowns and that infuriated and and opened up a whole new group of individuals who said enough is enough we got to step forward um, but the indoctrination that's going on, and one of the the things that uh, you you know likely that we tried to advance in the legislature was the bill that uh, Senator Shelley Hughes out in the Valley in uh, in the Palmer area um, introduced that would uh, protect women and girls in sports and limit it to just biological females in in competitions and. Uh, you know, it's still amazing to me that we weren't able to get that across the finish line. We got a tremendous amount of support, um, actually, yeah. from, uh, you know, from everywhere from uh, coaches to athletes to, um, you know, former and active and, um, and even individuals who were not necessarily allied with our ministry, which is a Christian pro-family group that advocates for some of the more controversial issues regarding life and liberty and, and mm -hmm. right of conscience and those kinds of things. But we had people that weren't with us at all that just said, you know, enough is enough. We cannot um, eliminate 
um, essentially Title IX sports and get rid of all that progress. And I don't know if that was part of, I don't know all of the details, um, and you can maybe fill us in on how that first got introduced and um, what was the journey that that took? How long did it take um, to get through? And was it as contentious as I'm guessing? Well, yeah, if you watched the school board, or if anybody watched the last meeting, we definitely had a big activist group show up, which we had word to the grapevine that there was going to be people on both sides showing up and talking, so I was prepared for that. Um, it was, you know, disappointing that it didn't go through at the state level. So, I mean, like you said, the most powerful form of government is your local government. That's what touches your house, like, first before anything else is what's happening in your community. And so... um the first reading that we had on it was shortly after that bill got denied. It was just a couple weeks prior, and it was written up by, I believe, President Ponders, who brought it forward and um, had our first reading for it, which we only had one person there because I don't think it was, you know, it was, it was in where the people can see the agenda, the public agenda, what's going to be coming on. So we only had, like, one person show up, but, you know, you always have to have two readings and then a vote, and so... Two weeks later is when they had the reading come up again, and then we were going to vote on it, and that's when we had the public hearing, and you heard multiple opinions on both sides, but we had a huge, large influx of people that had emailed in in support of the bill. And so it passed, you know, uh, six to one um, with flying colors for, to protect women. So I, I'm, I'm excited about it because we're the first school board in the state to do it, but it's kind of like our Matsu Valley anyways. We kind of want to be the leader in, in doing things and setting up safeguards and making sure that our kids uh, have the best opportunities for Alaska and that people want to flock to our area. You want people to live in your community. <laughs> and just to know that girls can come and play here and um, just not have an unfair advantage is something that we're proud that we were able to lock in. Well, it's it's interesting. I think that if I if I remember right, there are folks who are saying, and they did the same thing down in Juneau when we were uh, testifying on that bill. That it's a, a a solution in search of a problem. In that, you know, oh, there's nobody really that this has impacted. And I guess the the reminder that I always try to provide to folks who say that is, you know, well, kudos to those groups who see something that might happen in the future and right. the safeguards in place, you know, rather than just saying, um, well, this has never impacted anyone um, because it really isn't a sound, rational argument to, to, to any policy. It, it, you can only say, well, there's specific examples, and yes, that's that's helpful. But the reality is, on a national level, uh, we've seen it a lot, including what happened at the University of, of Pennsylvania with swimming, and, yep. and that's been a serious issue um, on not just uh, uh, with that school, but uh, across the country. And even internationally, I'm hearing that um, that the uh, International Swimming Committee, I can't remember their, their name, but that they recently came up with a policy that said if you haven't, um, you know, I think it's that if you haven't started the transition before puberty, then it's not possible for you to yeah. then transition afterwards, which is a, which is a whole other issue regarding, you know, the, the, the steps that we're taking now as – um, as schools, public schools, counselors, uh, teachers, and medical professionals, which are who are taking the the step to actually um, provide 
you know, hormone um, replacement um, therapy and testosterone blocking drugs and transgendering the kids, even without the parents' knowledge. And that's what right. I want to talk about next is a, a lawsuit that uh, Alaska Family Council is involved in right now in terms of the Anchorage School District. We haven't actually filed the case in court, but I want to talk about that because um, it is certainly something uh, that is very prominent in, in a lot of people's minds right now is that they have so many schools and counselors and teachers who are advocating for this whole um, transition uh, concept for kids at such young age that's confusing them um, because they're so young and, and really have a hard time understanding reality in the first place because they're so young and then they get these right. crazy ideas. And then the, then they just go right along, uh, the teachers and counselors, to say, well, we're going to, um, you know, have these particular pronouns for you and hide them from your parents. And that is what caused our angst and to uh, initiate this lawsuit. But I'd like to talk to you about your, your thoughts on that when we get back. Folks, we're talking with Jubilee Underwood. She's a, um, a school board member in the Matsu. I wish we had a bunch of uh, you all the way across the state. Uh, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Willing to stand up. But we'll, we'll be right back, folks, after this uh, short break. Thanks, uh, and we'll be right back. here on I'm glad you said that um, if you haven't tuned in uh, through uh, KVNC or KATB uh, KTB on the FM side KVNT out there in the valley where we're talking uh, with uh, um, Jubilee Underwood who's a member of the Matsu School Board do so tune in on those stations and you can of course podcast anywhere you get your podcast go to uh, Alaska Family Council website which is akfamily.org and you can listen to previous podcasts that we have uh, I spoke with Suzanne Downing last week. We had a conversation with the former Lieutenant Governor uh, Craig Campbell, and it's amazing how many people um, across the spectrum uh, in every political field and realm are interested in uh, uh, in education right now in terms of not just school choice, which is another thing we might be able to talk about here depending on time, but um, I mentioned before the break, Jubilee, that we have uh, we're initiating a lawsuit. It hasn't been filed specifically yet, but we have um, uh, we have a client that we're, uh, we're we're finding counsel for, who's basically saying that she's offended, um, rightfully so, because what's happening in the Anchorage School District, it's been proven, is that they're uh, they're uh, obtaining creating and obtaining uh, private, secret, separate health records for kids um, from what the parents see. So if you go online and, you, and you're a parent and you look and you see your son, uh, there's nothing in there whatsoever about gender, uh, identity, or pronouns. But if you go to the uh, Anchorage School District, they're keeping that record on kids and purposely keeping that away from parents so that the parents can't really have um, a say in how that develops. Have you seen anything like that out in the Matsu? Has that been a discussion that has been taking place or anything that you've heard um, at all? That has not been on my radar at all. It hasn't come through where I've seen anything like that, thankfully, because things like that kind of make my blood boil as a parent. <laughs> you should be the, the top 
authority in all aspects of your child, and that should definitely be illegal for a, a government s- system, I mean, a public school, to be able to do something like that for a child is just, ugh, just it just makes me irate. <laughs> uh, well, it makes a lot of people irate, and you, you'd be shocked to see how many schools across the country are now uh, facing lawsuits, uh, and that's one of the reasons why we decided to step forward was because yeah. we saw so many other states that said, you know what, we're not going to take this. Um, there's actually um, federal uh, violations of the law that are taking place uh, when that happens. Even regarding Affordable Care, the Obamacare Act has uh, protections for parents. Uh, we're not a big fan of the Obamacare, but there's a right. number of different legal aspects of this that make it uh you know, um, egregious. And so what we're hoping to do in this uh, Anchorage School District lawsuit is to encourage other school board members to do um, some research. And I would encourage you in that manner. We had um, some help initially with Dave Donnelly. He's currently our only uh, conservative uh, board member. We're kind of flipped in uh, Anchorage. We yeah. One school board member uh, <laughs> that's with us, and the rest are radically progressive and always opposed to most things that we do. And you, you guys are the opposite. It sounds like there was just one individual out in the valley. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I don't think that uh, I, I would say that that's representative, knowing the valley and the constituents and the the uh, league or the uh, representatives and senators from the valley. Having one member on that board is about it seems to be reflective of the community and you know the reality is that no matter what anyone says um, our our Anchorage Assembly and our Anchorage School Board are in no way shape or form reflective of the city of Anchorage and municipality of Anchorage and it's just that we haven't had the right number of people step up um, to vote during these elections and so I should know this as well, but do you guys have a special election for school board, or is it at the same time as the your regular general elections with the legislature and everything else? Um, I feel like it falls differently every time. Um, yeah. We Coming up here, we're actually going to have, I think, about five seats open at once, which is unprecedented, but the Matsu Borough did redistricting, so it bumped a bunch of people out, so they are going to end up having to do a special election this fall. Um, There's a couple that were terming out already and their seats were already coming open, but it just, it falls that there is a large chunk. So we are hoping, (laughs) you know, we can stay the way that we're headed just so that, you know, like you said, it represents the community so well and just what we can do in the school systems. It's just, it's wild to me that these are the issues that we are fighting in the schools when school is technically supposed to be about, getting a great education so you can be a successful adult going into the world, whether it's collegiate level or already going to the trades or you want to be a stay-at-home parent. I mean, it's supposed to be focused on education and just all the things that are infiltrating are just blowing my mind. So, yeah, we're, we're going to have, we're going to have about five seats come open this fall and hopefully some, some awesome people that love kids and education want to step into the ring and go to bat with us. We have been blessed to be able to do these voter guides across the state. Um, first, initially, we did them on a federal and state level with the legislature and the governor's race. But then we started a couple years back focusing on uh, local elections, realizing how important it is for us to educate people and and, uh, and 
you know, give candidates an opportunity to give their views, and then we give that to as many folks as we can through the churches and other different groups. But so we'll be involved in that as much as we can in the valley. But um, you know, one of the things I would encourage you to do, uh, not that it would be uh, an encouraging act, but to walk through. I would say go to, I could name a couple different schools, but I mean, it's probably most of them in Anchorage. Uh, but I, I know a friend that walked into Golden View um, and they said, you know, it was stunning to, to her how, how many um, LGBT flags um, were all right. over the walls, all over the teachers' offices, um, teachers that were wearing LGBT pride stuff. Um, and, and kids that were embracing that, and the whole school seemed to be embracing it. Um, I'm assuming that that's not the case necessarily in the Valley schools, but do you guys, um, you know, do you have a bead on um, what kind of things, like not just the LGBT agenda, because that's being advanced, we know that, um, and in some schools more so than others, but how, uh, how are you guys as a school board in the Valley um, concerned with or dealing with the critical race theory and those kinds of um, issues that are being advanced across the country? I know curriculum-wise, I mean, that's one thing that I've learned being on the board is like, or learning, continually learning, is what the board actually does and doesn't do, what the jurisdiction is, which is why I got involved because I had zero understanding. You know, you just go to a school board meeting think that the school board has the all power of everything and they make every decision out there, which finding out is, is not the facts. <laughs> I mean, the district itself has a lot of the reins and then we vote on policy and present policy and amendments and things like that. So that's been a whole other journey of just learning like what we can and what we can't do and, and that whole type of thing. But, um, for critical race theory, thankfully, before I got on board um, the year prior, for curriculum-wise, they'd all kind of been like synonymous that they they don't want to have that in the Matsu School District. So we don't have any critical race theory curriculum right now that is going on or being promoted. Um, I know that sometimes that things can still, no matter what, things can leak in and get under different names and what. I know that there's social and emotional learning is another form of critical race theory that um, yep. I've been told that still tries to sneak its way in. But as far as like actual critical race theory being taught as curriculum, that is not happening out here. Well, it was it's not supposed to be happening out here. Is yeah. So I, I if we hear parents like hearing about that, we, you know, we tell them like, please let us know so we can get on top of that. Yep, exactly. And I, do you feel like there is adequate it's one of those weird things because, you know, um, even having kids opt out of certain classes, I've always said um, it's better to have school uh, or to have, um, you know, the, the opt-in approach on some of these controversial issues rather than opt out because if the kids have to, you know, publicly or, you know, right. say that they're not going to be a part, they can get alienated uh, as a um, as a young person. And I think it should be who, uh, or I think it would be best for the schools themselves to have to uh, convince the, uh, the parents that this is something that they want to teach that's outside of the normal um, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And yet, my guess is that that's not the case. I mean, because you might know that Governor Dunleavy passed law. We helped him uh, when he was a senator pass legislation that uh, prevented 
um, schools from uh, getting Planned Parenthood and other groups to teach on the issue of abortion right. or reproductive rights when um, the school board is not involved, and yet we we hear from people that it's still taking place despite the fact that the school board's not engaged. So I think that there is sort of, um, you know, a lot of rogue teachers. Uh, and it's also, right. you know, I think it's important to acknowledge that there's not, uh, there's, there's so many good teachers as well. Um, and we're coming up to the break here, folks. We're, we're going to continue on this uh, line of um, talk after this short uh, message. We're going to talk uh, uh, with Jub- uh, Jubilee Underwood. Uh, she's a school board member to Matsu Valley, and uh, we're blessed to have her on the show. So stick around for a final segment. We'll be right back. Jim Minnery with, I'm glad you said that, speaking with uh, Jubilee Underwood at the Matsu School Board. She was involved in a vote recently um, that uh, saw the Matsu School District actually become the first Alaska school district to pass policy protecting girls' sports from trans athletes. And, you know, the uh, the reality is that um, we'd lo- it's going to be difficult to get this through in a lot of other school districts. I'd like to think maybe the Kenai Peninsula might be a possibility, um, but you know those are the two most conservative places in the state are Kenai and Matsu, and it sounds like, um, but that the policy that you guys passed affects all Matsu schools, K through 12, but it doesn't impact visiting schools from outside the district. So would that mean then if you had, you know, let's say a guy who's identifying as a girl in, in, uh, in track in, in uh, uh, coming to Colony or Wasilla or Palmer High School, um, this policy wouldn't prevent them from competing against your kids, is that right? I believe that is correct. I have to get clarification on it because I know somebody just recently had asked me the same question because we don't have jurisdiction over those other um, regions here in Alaska to tell them what they can and can't do in their school districts. So, yeah, it's it's just basically for our own athletes that are participating in ours. That is that is the only power that we have over that rule is within our district. Well, and it also sends a, a, a very strong message across the state that you guys are willing to take a stand to protect girls and um, and, and believe in the in, in the original intention of Title IX. Um, right. What was the? Uh, it sounds like there was one school board member, uh, Dwight Probasco, was the only member to vote against this policy. Um, and is he pretty? Uh, was he pretty um, uh, set in his ways? Was he at all not persuaded by the other school board members? Well, I think. I mean, Dwight's an awesome guy. I think more so um, was just from what he shared on public record was that the legalities of it. I think he thought maybe we could get sued and whatnot. So I think that was a big concern for him, not having. I don't feel like he felt he had enough information possibly from our, the legal side of it. And so I think that's kind of more so where he stands. I know he's an advocate for kids in the LGBTQ um, community and whatnot. So I just think it was just more so 
it felt rushed possibly to him, and I'm just taking this off of his comments from public record. I mean, a lot of times, a lot of us board members vote, most of us, the same the same way on most policies, but I just think that that was more so where he was coming from. He just wanted some more info and the legalities and, yeah. Well, that that happened the same with Senator Roger Holland, who chaired the Judiciary Committee as well as the Education Committee down in Juneau, and a lot of heat was placed on him, and we were part of that to be able to say, hey, we need to move this bill. And he kept on saying constitutional issues or legal issues, and we had folks from Alliance Defending Freedom, a group that we work with nationally, that came and, and uh, testified um, on the bill multiple times and, and were kind of legal experts on it. And, and we eventually resolved those issues. And, and I get that. I mean, I, you want to make sure that it's something that would pass constitutional muster. And, um, right. you know, the, the, um, I guess the, the other thing that, uh, that we talked about off air is that, yeah, you may not be a legal expert. You may not be, uh, have a PhD in education, but, um, you know, what would you say to those folks who would say, I'm, in, I'm too intimidated to be involved in something like that. I just can't do it. You know, I would just say that if I can do it, anybody could do it. The very first school board meeting I went to, which was maybe a year prior, <laughs> I was shaking when I had my little notes up there just saying my thing, having zero comprehension of am I going to speak to these people? Can they even talk back? Like not even knowing how it goes because I had never even been to a school board meeting before and never been in any realm of government whatsoever. But if you have a heart and a passion for your community and for the very thing in government that is possibly touching your home, you can do anything because anybody can, there's, there's so many jobs you can learn on the job. That is not a problem. The thing is, is do you have common sense? Do you have a compassionate heart? And are you ready to get to work and be open and listen and do what you got to do and take a stand? If, if that's the case, anybody can do anything. So I would just encourage anybody, if, if, if you're not happy where you're at, it's better to try and do something than to do nothing at all. <laughs> that would be my encouragement. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it's interesting, too. I would say another way that, that even without stepping up in a policy position, you can be a more informed and more engaged parent, which is, I, I think, one of the primary ways that this Trojan horse has been slowly pushed into public school system in, in America is that there's a lot of people that just haven't been paying attention. And, you know, it's an awkward thing because to be able to tell your kids – at young ages, hey, here, here's some things that if you hear about these things, a lot, a lot of people that I talk to will tell me, my kid was telling me something that they learned and you know, having to do with a gender unicorn or whatever it is, um, and it just shocked me. And so that kind of started my journey into figuring out what's going on. But it seems as though we need to be a little bit more proactive um, because the, the other side certainly has been in, in doing their part yeah. to advance something that obviously – is um you know in line with their values and their progressive ideas and it would just be nice uh to think that we could uh, leave out some of the contentious issues i mean you know right. it, it's not like you're seeing um you know a, a huge movement by the conservatives to re-implement, you know, mandatory school prayer or anything. And I'm not saying that I'm against that. Uh, it's probably it would be a great thing, but um, it, we're not nearly as assertive. It seems like we're always on our heels and in, uh, in defensive posture. But what you guys did in the Valley shows that when you come together, 
um, that, you know, you can really galvanize people. And um, did you see regarding this particular policy that was passed a, a higher turnout? I mean, obviously different issues create a buzz depending on what it is, but um, did this seem to bring out a lot more folks than normal? Oh, yes. I mean, a lot of times we'll have like two or three people at a board meeting and we definitely had like 30 on each side at least that were giving testimony because I think they got word of it and there was activist groups that were, you know, privy to it. I don't even know if they are all even in the Matsu Valley School District or whatnot or if they came out from Anchorage, but definitely more participation than normal on that night. And, you know, I think conservatives, it's like they enjoy their freedom. They want to – that's what I've kind of seen and is that there's not a ton of involvement because they just want to live their lives, go to work, have their families. But if we're not united and we're not proactive, it's everything that's happening and infiltration. Like that's just what happens. Like we have to be activated. We have to be passionate. We have to do something. And you don't have to run for a seat, but you can – you can help advocate for somebody that is, you can door knock, you can post stuff on social media. I mean, there's just so much that people can do that I feel like maybe they feel like they just don't know what to do. And so if you don't know what to do, just ask and, and people can point in the way so that you are being activated and helping. Well, and it seems like that that's kind of what happened in uh, Virginia, you know, with Governor Youngkin and uh, that the incredible lieutenant governor, I forget her name now, that got elected there. It, is, it was the mama bears stepping up yeah. and saying, you know, enough is enough regarding uh, the the care and protection of our, our youth and our kids and our children. And um, so kudos to you guys out there. You really have led the charge. And I'd like to think that we'll be able to use this, depending on how the elections go. I mean, we have almost every seat up in the legislature. But what what's encouraging to know is that we didn't need the legislature on this. This was a local um, right. thing. We have had a very difficult time getting any school board members to change out or at least to to move a little bit more balanced as opposed to just all radical progressive liberal. And so I don't know if we ever will be able to get back to a conservative majority in the school board, but th this but that doesn't mean that we can't be engaged and still help. And I guess the, the thing that's encouraging, too, is that regardless of how much school choice we end up advancing and giving people opportunities, the majority of kids, you know, will likely always be in this uh, in these government run schools. And yeah. we can't just give up. Um, we have to engage and we have to um, ensure that our values are represented. And that's exactly what you've done. And we just can't thank you enough for your, uh, for your bravery and for your uh, time and resources that you put into this position. Thank you. I appreciate the, the encouragement and the support. I really do. Well, and so just so we know, you're, you're elected as a two-year position or? It's a three-year. Three-year. Okay. And, and out of the, the total members, um, there is uh, five, you said? I mean, it's only an eight-member board, or is it seven-member seven. board? Seven. Okay. Just us two are newly elected ones. Um, Tom Berge, that just got reelected in my seat. Our district did not get redistricted. So we are the only two ones that our seats are not going to be open. We, we'll do our regular term, but everybody else is, is open. Okay, good deal. Well, we'll keep everyone apprised of the elections coming up in the fall. Enjoy your summer up there in the Valley. It's a beautiful place to be. We have a cabin at Big Lake, so I have passion for awesome. it. But thanks so much. <laughs>
Jubilee, God bless you. And uh, we'll see everyone around uh, next week here on I'm Glad You Said That. Thanks again, Jubilee.